Hello, everybody, and welcome to the end of the streak. That's right, this is the very end of the well-researched episode streak for my bingo card. I'm calling it now. This is the end. There's nothing good in this episode. Turn back now. In fact, turn this episode off. Don't keep listening. This is the worst episode we'll ever make, and it's coming to you right now. And welcome back to Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. My name's Henry. And my name's when UBS acquired Credit Suisse, they did a weird workaround where uh, additional tier one bonds are not being honored, but shareholders still retain some price. That is not typically how it is done. It is very unusual for the buyout of Credit Suisse, which recently ba- went bankrupt. That's right. That's a topic I researched. So the streak continues. John. And together are Henry and well-researched John coming at you to discuss the cultural happenings of that there zeitgeist in order to make something happen on a weekly basis. Uh, So I really don't have too much appetite to talk about Credit Suisse, but a lot of people are like freaking out about uh, Credit Suisse going under because I I think that people thought that Credit Suisse was like uh, important, uh, like legitimate uh, bank. But just keep in mind, Credit Suisse has like uh, gotten money from human trafficking and drug trafficking and Bulgaria has been party to many lawsuits and scandals credit suisse uh has been on the way out for like three years so calm down everybody i consider me the calmest i've ever been john uh because number one i don't know what credit suisse is and number two i don't know any of the words you just said are you speaking aramaic uh bulgaria ah the language of the swedes (laughs) (laughs) it was uh you know the um the let, let me take it back for you. I actually don't know enough about this to talk with uh, any degree of certainty, but Credit Suisse, a bank located, and that's right, the natural fortress of Switzerland. Oh, my God. Uh, recently uh, went under after a uh, very, very uh, protracted uh, deathbed scenario. Uh, but you know, people are freaking out about it, thinking like, oh, there's a run on the banks. It's like, no, their stock price went down because they're not doing well, but they haven't been doing well for like three years. So everyone kind of knew this was coming. Okay. So it just so happens to be coincidentally happening during the, uh, what, what is it? Like a more, a, 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 hmm, a recent bank failing in the name of Silicon Valley Bank. But because that it had been forecasted and seen for a while, there's no need to connect the two events. They're wholly different, and this is not contagion that we sort of touched on last week, uh, but uh, in a manner of saying there is no contagion. Yeah, I'd be a little bit more concerned about things like uh, First Republic going under. Uh, Capital One. For what it's worth, uh, imagine the Credit Suisse situation, they aren't totally unrelated, so Credit Suisse has been on the way out for like three years. That's and, what you said, yeah. Uh, the the current perceived run on the banks, which once again, not actually a contagion, but it is resulting in bank stocks trading lower. 
Uh, because Credit Suisse was trading a lot lower as a result of this, it kind of hastened their downfall. It's like if you had a whole bunch of dominoes that were already falling down, but a small earthquake happened and knocked the last one down before it actually got to the final domino. Oh. So they're like related, kind of. Okay, like okay. Credit Suisse was like a rotten, scandal-ridden organization for a long time. Yeah, that domino piece was already leaning, and we were we were still on the part where it, you know the dominoes spiral and make like a cool little flower. Yeah, and then the mousetrap comes down and catches the rat. Yeah, from the seminal '90s board game Mousetrap, which everyone uh, played to completion, uh, beginning and end, because there were rules apparently to Mousetrap. I thought you, you didn't just, just built... like put the Mousetrap thing together and then do yeah. it. Yeah, I always. Just kind of built the mousetrap, and then it went, and that was fun. You remember Domino Rally? No. Domino Rally was a little car. <laughs> it was like, oh, a, okay. like a little see-through battery-operated vehicle that you would fill with dominoes in like a hopper, like a magazine, like one might find in an SKS or a Glock 18. Uh, you, you filled it. With dominoes, and would just poop out the dominoes behind it at regular intervals, and you could like turn it, and it would make like big, uh, just like it would lay dominoes for you. Uh, never worked. Never once did it work. Always the dominoes would fall over. Okay, I'll take your word for it. I don't remember this. I uh, I'm slightly older than you. Do you remember creepy crawlers? I yes, I remember the commercial. Creepy crawlers. crawlers. Yeah. Yeah. Gack. <laughs> Gack flubber. Flubber, yeah. Flarp. You remember Flarp? It was Gack that farted. <laughs> <laughs> no. Their whole thing is like, yeah, I thought that was the only thing Gack was for. Gack already farted, so yeah. why did Flarp exist? These are the questions of our age, John. Not... Anything more important than this? Why did they make Flarp when the Gak already would fart? I know. Wasn't there Gak with, like, beads in it? <laughs> beads? Like, like styrofoam pellets in it? I don't remember that. Floam! It was called Floam! Oh, Floam! I do remember That's Flome. right, everybody. Right now, oh a gosh. lot is happening. Credit Suisse went down, but we're talking Flubber, Flack, Flarp, Floam, and Gak. And then, of course, when Nickelodeon got big, there was the slime. There was, of course, the sli- the famous slime, the famous green slime. If you can, if if you if you uh, if you might, the slime the heard slime? round the world. Oh, we're still doing this this bit. <laughs> it's between that and switzerland being the natural fortress the natural fortress of switzerland well thank you john for falling for my cleverly laid out bait to get yet another episode well researched now honestly we can phone it in for the rest of the episode and create a self-fulfilling prophecy of making this the worst episode we've ever created now I don't know if uh, eagle-eared listeners have picked up on this, but we've definitely not been phoning it in while we've uh, been uh, absent-mindedly trying to so remember tired. nonsensical toys from so the early to mid nineteen nineties. Moon shoes, moon shoes, moon shoes. I was oh, oh, a fat oh. kid, so moon oh. shoes would always snap. 
I I love this one. I love the product and the song um, because it was so freaking catchy and the product worked like a dream. You probably remember this, but uh, Sockum Boppers. Oh, Sockum Boppers were, you know what, to borrow, if you might, <laughs> some language of the youth. Sockum Boppers were such a vibe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There were more fun than a pillow fight. You know, I don't actually totally... I know it's like Sockum Boppers, Sockum Boppers, and that's all I remember. All right, all right. Here. To run the risk of being completely found out by whoever holds the copyright to this song, I will recreate it here as a cover. Uh, Sockum Boppers, Sockum Boppers, more fun than a pillow fight. Blow them up, put your hand inside, get ready to have the time of your life. Wow, really kind of overselling it with time of your life. Now, I, I, I know a lot of people, I, I, don't, I don't think a lot of people did this, but around this time period of Sock and Boppers, a little game came out for the N64 called Tekken. Oh, yes, of course. And in Tekken, there was a little... I think it was a uh, PlayStation game, though. It could have been. I don't know. I was aware of it for some reason. I don't know why, but I was aware of it. But uh, in Tekken, there was a little dinosaur kid. Am I close? Uh, maybe. I'm not. I was never a Tekken guy. Well, then you're not going to get this reference. Oh well, no. Good. Never mind. No. Uh. God, it was Gone. Yeah, there's Gone. Yeah, the the little yellow guy, right? Yeah. I thought Gone's fists were, like, large and bulbous, <laughs> but they're literally just dinosaur claws. So I don't know where my dumb kid brain thought, of, like, I'm being the dinosaur from Tekken every time I put those sock and boppers on that face. Well, in, in Tekken 3, he had boxing gloves on. Yeah, but they weren't big like I thought yeah. they were. Yeah, yeah I do right. see he did the... have big feet, so maybe if you had been kicking some kids with moon shoes, I could understand it. Yeah, no, I never got the appeal of moon shoes. I mean, I've been to the moon, and the shoes were just okay. Yeah, really, once again, like I said, I was a child experiencing uh, overweightness, so they would just snap. Uh, But they had very strong, black, smelly rubber bands (laughs) that would attach the moon shoes. So after they snapped, what you could do is you could take the rubber bands, and then you could... um, you could uh, hit people with them. Yeah, classic kid stuff. Uh, the the, I think one of the unfortunate side effects of the sock and bopper was that it did protect the fist um, from getting hurt from punching people. It yeah. did that. It did not, however, protect the person getting hit with the sock and bopper. Like, <laughs> oh, sock and boppers actually hurt like hell. And there was a there. Once again. Uh, Everyone must remember that children are devils. There was a spot on a sock and bopper that had a seam. Oh, yeah, yeah. That if you, like, hit someone with a chop, you could cut them <laughs> with a sock and bopper. It's true. It is very true. Um, I And I have to say, like, most households probably bought the one pair of sock and boppers, so... In, uh, oh one. no, that was just giving carte blanche to one kid to <laughs> right. beat the shit out of another kid forever. Yep. Um, kinda, kinda, yeah. I got even with my older sister with the sock and boppers. They never, you know, that is a good point. V- very few families were like, let's buy a version of this toy for all of our kids. And in the 90s, a lot of kids' toys 
if you weren't if old enough to remember this, a lot of kids' toys were about like hurting or antagonizing other kids. I remember there was a Darkwing Duck branded stink gun. <laughs> Amazing. Uh the <laughs> So there were two things about it. There was a stinky juice you could put in it, and it would blow uh, wafts of stinky air at people. Great way to uh, to really uh, traumatize the other kid who didn't get it. But also, whatever mechanism made the stinky juice come out had like a rubber wheel or something in it. So if you pulled the trigger a bunch of times, you could start burning the rubber wheel and uh, and blow acrid rubber smoke at other kids. Oh, so it stunk in more ways than one. Yeah, if you ran out of the juice, which they didn't sell refills for, of course. No, you, uh, you could uh, You could blow carcinogenic rubber <laughs> smoke at other kids. Yeah, I, I, so many kids' toys. I think the marketing team just really didn't know how to like. How do we get kids excited about what is ostensibly a tape recorder? Oh <laughs> so, yeah, a yak back maybe. Yeah, or, or the uh, the talk boy. What was it called? Talk boy, talk girl, maybe something like that. Yeah, um, but I think that one was just literally you could record into it and play it and rewind yeah, it, right? Like it was, that was just it. a tape recorder. <laughs> it was literally a tape recorder sold as a toy with a very famous commercial. The only commercial I think they ever made for it where the younger brother records himself pretending to be the dad saying like, hey, kids, we're home, we're back early. And like the you know, older sibling who's like cuddling up on the couch with her significant other, you know, you're not supposed to do that, I guess is the scenario. Oh yeah. Dad's going to kill you. Dad's going to kill you. Why is he here? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, Yeah. You sneak behind the couch and you you hit, you play back your recording of you in a muffled voice going, Hey kids, we're here early. And like that scares them or whatever, but it's just like, why was that the only marketed use of the talk boy? I know that I mentioned the yak back, but the yak back definitely was the, there was, there was definitely a, um, like a technological boom in the early nineties of kids toys. And then around the mid nineties, they got like the attitude edge. Oh yeah. Where they started to be like the nasty versions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every, every, all mascots got sharp sunglasses and rollerblades, but also helmets. Yeah, they got Sonic <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog, but the Yakback was very similar to a Talk Boy or a Talk Girl in that you could press a button and record something into it, but then you would it and it had like I don't know onboard memory. <laughs> uh, but you would like play it back and reverse it, and you could like mix it and mess with it. But there were all these other buttons that would make like sound effects. So you could record yourself saying like, hi, my name is John, and then play back, hi, my name is John, hi, my name is John, barf, 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 boom, 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 <laughs> and then make it like say the F slur, <laughs> because it was the oh, 90s. No. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it sounds like that was like, uh, you know, baby's first radio soundboard, but the only channel is those like, uh, those, um, what are they called? Those, those um... I'm blanking, but you know, those disc jockeys that are like in your face about shock jocks, shock jocks. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Baby's first shock jock setup. 
absolutely radicalizing children to the morning zoo. I gotta say, it's amazing that podcasting has, you know, taken wildfire in a certain demographic of people. I won't name names, but straight white men. And yet none of them or very few of them are, like took the shock jock angle with it. <laughs> maybe we should start that. Maybe, maybe we should create a uh, sister monthly podcast of this where we go full shock jock embrace the full 90s of it like really make fun of people yeah no that could be fun if it didn't also create more work <laughs> yeah if it wasn't a lot of work i so for full disclosure i am now staring at just the google images of the talk boy talk girl and it literally was just a tape recorder <laughs> i feel like it had like a little stem on it, it had, or something that you could talk into yeah it had a little um telescoping micro uh, microphone stem on it that would so you know so oh my was, god is it is cool. literally just a tape recorder apparently it might have been featured in home alone or home alone 2 because uh, i see a, a young uh kevin McAllister, macaulay culkin holding one I think maybe Home Alone 2. I've seen the original Home Alone a lot and I don't remember that. Yeah, he 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 like tapes the you know the that movie, you know, the what was it like Dirty Gangster Angels of, yeah. of the Animal. Yeah, he records that movie and plays it back for the pizza guy. Um but I don't yeah, maybe the talk boy was in Lost in New York. Yeah, it looks like Tiger Electronics put out a deluxe talk boy that is home alone 2 branded amazing that you know honestly hats off to the the creative director in the 90s who was like we've got these tape recorders nobody wants them you know who's stupid kids <laughs> you know who wants a bad tape recorder so they can pretend to be their dad children y yeah <laughs> it's like oh yeah children of doctors see their dad walking around or mom I'll be progressive in the 90s <laughs> with, a, with a tape recorder taking medical notes. They want to be just like them. Here, introducing the talk boy, which <laughs> I, the logo, I, I will say, is fire. I love the logo for the talk boy. It's very good. I got to say, seeing that Tiger Electronics logo on the talk boy brought me back to maybe the most... Uh, we we got to... As a society, maybe talk about this, but you remember the tiger handheld versions of popular movies slash video games? Tiger handheld? Like, they were little games. handheld games with, like, a D-pad oh, and one button. Yeah, That yeah. had, like, a, like a old LCD display that only showed, like little tiny fixed black sprites on right it, it was the we you know the weirdly american version of the game and watch from nintendo yes the game and watch i think has a lot more going on for it and if you're a um a little bit of a gamer you might remember that there's a little mr game and watch in uh super smash brothers too <laughs> yeah yeah I, I do think the game and watch is more sophisticated in it's uh it's image creation yeah the, these tiger electronics literally would flash the same couple of like black colored sprites but they weren't there wasn't really like I don't know how they worked, but they were they couldn't move or change or anything. It was just like you would track movement through like the sprite disappearing and appearing somewhere else. Yeah, and they always had a fixed matte 
background mm-hmm. that was just a printed image. Yeah. And and somehow, like, racing games, those, I think, made the most sense because you had, like, little lines moving down the side of the screen to indicate that you were going forward. But I remember there was one that was, like, Sonic 2 mm-hmm. or Sonic 3. Yeah. And the this is extremely niche, only me and Henry content. But the background was the bonus stage on the orb. I forget if that was oh. Sonic 2 or Sonic 3 where you, like, get all the little balls and then you get the Chaos Emerald at the end. I think that's Sonic 3. That sounds right. That sounds yeah. sufficiently technical. Because Sonic 2 was the half pipe thing. Right. Uh, but in it's like an orb that you traverse. Mm-hmm. And the co- what was cool about that when you played it on the Genesis mm-hmm. is like it could, like at the time, convincingly look like you were traversing a three-dimensional object. And the background of the Sonic 3 tiger electronics was that but you moved just from side to side on a plane (laughs) yeah so it just made no sense and it uh, to this day infuriates me yeah that's a shame i remember i think we got like something from like mcdonald's but i remember like a lion king branded one where like you would dodge some sort of animal i can't like I I have no authority here. I I can barely remember this. And I I remember just staring at that screen, pushing the little D-pad button or or the little jump button for like hours at a time on road trips with my Game Boy like sitting next to me, staring at me like, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) I have so many experiences on me that are so much more artistic and dynamic and demanding than this thing could ever possibly be. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, you've got full range of motion on the Game Boy. You can literally just like jump on your little thing. Is this what you want to (laughs) do? You're playing the McDonald's toy when you could play Wario Land? Oh, man. Come on, man. Too young for for Wario Land. That was way ahead of its time. I mean, Wario Land, uh, truly uh, groundbreaking. Amazing. What we don't talk about, I think, is these those things, I think, were like the epitome of e-waste. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they were, yeah, electronic components, which... Honestly, if like if there's a shortage on like helium, I don't I don't think there still is one, but there was like a scare for a while. I, I just want to point to like the landfill filled with those things and be like, yeah, there's can be. we mine that? <laughs> it's 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 incredible because if you take like a talk boy, a yak back, right? Those things are e waste, but they do have like a lot of potential use, right? Like you could get. You know, if if you didn't have a lot of money months or maybe like a little over a year of use of those things, you might hang on to them because they're like somewhat peculiar objects. However, the Tiger handheld electronics were fun for about an hour. Yeah, (laughs) they all looked exactly the same. They all did the exact same thing. And honestly, I think most of the time, if you ran out of batteries for those, you just threw them away. (laughs) Honestly, yeah, we didn't know any better. Uh, and now it's like, oh, you got to re- please remember to recycle your old cell phone. And it's like, why? So we can make more Tiger electronics. <laughs> I'm just saying, um, reject modernity, embrace Tiger Electronics <laughs> Lion King game. Yeah, it, you know they say everything's cyclical. So like, when are we when are we going to see those back again? It's like a nostalgia trip. 
I don't know. I, I think about that because right now we're kind of in the midst of 90s nostalgia. Uh, and that might all actually be fading into early 2000s nostalgia. But uh, it, it's something I think about pretty frequently because there are things from decades when those decades start to like come into vogue again that don't get picked up so you know that they were losers oh, <laughs> in yeah. the zeitgeist. Like uh, we've been through seven, 60s, 70s, and 80s uh, renaissances. Eight tracks never came back because eight tracks fucking suck. Right. Yeah, I, I don't even think Walkmans came back or anything like that. Or CD players, for that CD matter. CD players a little bit. In fact, yeah. CDs are actually kind of becoming a... The, I hate... I hate to bring you this news, Henry. I but, hate to hear it. <laughs> but a lot of people, maybe about 10 years younger than us, no. are going around saying, you just can't get the quality on Spotify that you get with a CD. Are you fucking like, kidding it me? For, it is for real 100% a thing that people oh. are talking about the like warmth and clarity of CDs and people are like creating CD collections. A, a medium that can be scratched and ruined forever. Yeah, that's that's better than streaming the music from your phone. Am I? Oh no, am I? <laughs> yes. Am I, am I the equivalent of an old man being mad at people enjoying things? Here, the problem is you and I are, I think, of an age where me much more so than you, but both of us can like look at a nice turntable. And an LP and be like, yeah, vinyl's kind of cool. You know, it's like a ritual. You put it on, you play the Black Pumas album, you get the speakers. It, you know, it might not be something that we're both super into, but we're like, I kind of get it. Uh, but I think we're starting to get to a point where we're not uh, kind of getting it anymore. Yeah. I think it's it's because we're one generation removed. Like vinyl was before us. And it's like, oh, yeah, okay, that's kind of cool. But we grew up with CDs. So we can't imagine, it doesn't seem possible for us for CDs to be cool, because that's what we had. And we yeah. we weren't cool when we were listening to CDs. I wasn't cool when I bought the official Pokemon cartoon soundtrack, thinking that I was going to hear like episodes of Pokemon. I didn't know what CDs were. <laughs> I'm Listen, I'm going to be the very best. I went to fucking... FYE or whatever and bought that uh, Pokemon CD. Oh man, yeah. And played the hell out of it. And you what know kind what? of Pokemon are you? If you put it in Monster Rancher 2, you get a Swayzo. I mean, honestly, that's the only reason I want to hear that CDs are coming back. There's a new Monster Hunt Rancher game out, and uh, you can <laughs> still get different and new monsters from reading the data on a CD. Wait, there's a new Monster Ranch? Wait, hold on. Am I following correctly? No, no, no. I'm saying oh, that's... I see. If there was, yeah. you would... I want to see what? the headline, CDs making a comeback, dash, <laughs> attached to new Monster Rancher. I don't actually know if this would take off, but this kind of seems like the kind of Twitch stream that would kind of take off, is if you... Yeah. If you had Monster Hunter 2 running on a PlayStation... It, it's Rancher. A, what What did I say? You're saying Hunter. Monster Rancher. If you it's had Monster fun. Rancher, you, you ranch him. You don't hunt him. You, you ranch him. You ranch him. Clear. <laughs> <laughs> you, you gotta ranch him. You gotta ranch him. Uh, but you have a PlayStation, 
and there's a camera pointed at it and people send in requests for CDs and you just do it. You get the monster. You move on. <laughs> yeah. This I mean, is you, not you, a playthrough of Monster Rancher. It's just what what type of monster comes out of what type of CD. Exactly. Okay. People would have you do like America Online. <laughs> Oh, oh! You do uh, bum rush the show, the Public N- Enemy record, the uh, the 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 uh, the Pepsi Man disc, the Pepsi Man disc. They'd send you CDs. Oh, oh! I'm just like of every like promotional like playable game that exists, like the like uh, the Burger Thief, the the weird tie-in. Oh, Stealth Sneak King, Sneak King, yeah, the Burger King tie-in stealth game for the xbox the first xbox absolutely i'm i'm so on board with this you have no idea yeah okay so that's our that's how i get my or our i'll share it we both had the idea that's how we get our mega millions is this is our mega million dollar no what nobody steal this yeah, no, no one steal this. We just we just need to get our hands on a PlayStation One, right? And uh, mine uh, was was modified in a number of ways, and then eventually caught on fire. So uh, I do not have that. Yeah, I, I'm sure I, they're on eBay. I never had one. Um, wow, so deprived. I I was an intent. I think we covered this before. Yeah, we, but, we talked about yeah, this. I was a Nintendo child my my entire uh, youth. Oh, you um, but can I get did one pull- of these on eBay for like ninety bucks. Probably, I don't know. Oh my god, I'm buying one tonight. Jesus Christ! Why not? I still have my N64, Doug, and my GameCube that doesn't work no more because CDs are a bad medium. <laughs> yeah, no, CDs are not great. Uh, you know what? Turns out vinyl's great because it's a technology that, for the most part, gets dirty, but it doesn't naturally degrade. Yeah. Here's something that'll blow your mind, and I talk to people about this kind of all the time. You know floppy disks? I, I'm, I'm aware of them, yes. They are the save icon on most applications. <laughs> for... Uh... There was actually something very funny that uh, came out, uh, I shit you not, like 10 years ago, where they're like, kids are asking why the save icon is a floppy disk because they don't recognize what that symbol is. Mm-hmm. Uh, very funny, very good. But uh, the uh, medium in floppy disks actually has a lifespan. Like every floppy disk, oh, no, no matter how well cared for, oh, has probably degraded to the point of being completely useless or will soon i'm sad about that because i still no i don't my dad still has his uh well he i guess it doesn't work anymore but the the installation discs for civilization 2 on floppy disks it might i know that there are some floppy disks out there that still work but when i tell this to people it's fun it's kind of sad but it also kind of drives home the point that we really need to take uh like curation and preservation of digital media really seriously oh absolutely this is really the first generation where a lot of the things that we've loved and enjoyed and shaped our experiences 
are physically going to naturally degrade forever within our lifetimes. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, even to the point where like stuff you put on the internet, I mean, remember the early two thousands, all the angel fire and geo cities sites, Gone. All, those, all those communities. Yeah. All ripped away. I mean, heck, I still own the physical cartridges of the original Pokemon games, but the battery in them has died, so they can no longer hold a save. I will say we are uh, greatly benefited by the Internet Archive and the Wayback Machine. Uh, That is a concerted effort by people to save the source code of old websites. Oh, absolutely. Uh, So there are things going back to maybe the late early 2000s. Uh, so if you, if you want a real nostalgia trip, go try to remember some of the websites you went to in 2008. Plug them in. To the Wayback Machine. Yeah, go back in time. Take a trip down memory time lane. Uh, but no, so much, is, so much is gone of our shared cultural experience through digital media and you know what streaming's only going to make it better streaming's the best way to preserve things it's not like we're going to end up in a future where um a couple different members of an oligopoly are fighting for the rights of things and can just choose to make things disappear on a whim forever (laughs) never to be we we just got to get into physical media yeah, so I guess um, CDs are back in. Uh, good, good on all the younger people. That's physical, right? Yeah, CDs are physical. I mean, they'll degrade eventually, but I think they have better staying power than uh, floppy disks. I also think there might be something here worth looking into with the CD collection thing coming back. And that, I mean, if I was a child today, and I, if I was a child today, going through the same interests that I had while I was growing up. I would have a Steam account. I would have digital games on my console. I would have probably a Spotify account and I would like stream music. I wouldn't own any of that stuff. I would I would like have licenses. I I would have the availability ability to access them. But like I wouldn't have any collections. I wouldn't have those video game boxes that I still hold on to for no reason. I I think there's a weird dragon-like hoarding nature and humans to collect what interests them they want we want hordes of things and the benefit of that is that well if you own it in a physical medium you can take care of it and it'll always be no one can take your license to listen to your cd away no i i totally agree and i think that uh I guess two points that I'll make, and the first one is is very much in line with your point that I totally agree with, which is I'm not a huge collector of stuff. I've tried to tamp down that uh, part of myself because I had a parent who had like a very actual psychological problem with collecting things. Uh, So that's been tough. So I like divested myself of all my old game consoles, game boxes, movies, books, and I greatly regret doing that because when you have the things that you've ingested in your life you're a steward of them and it feels good to be a steward of your records or your game boxes because you're like yes this is a somewhat transient experience that i had but i treasure this experience i keep a totem of this experience i take care of this experience because like if you have a box for the original doom right 
you might not have played the original Doom in a long time, but if you see it on a shelf, you're like, ah, that's that's my Doom. That's yeah. all my memories of Doom and the ways <laughs> that Doom changed me as a person and why I'm so afraid of imps. <laughs> yeah, there's a weird sensation in me when I walk into a physical store and I see something from my childhood. It's like, you know, I feel sort of, there's a part of me that feels sort of like Ronald Reagan holding a snow globe of the white house and turning to like his wife is, well, I think a secret service agent and saying, I think this has something to do with me. Um, Cause he had dementia and he, I mean, not to humanize him, but that's just an anecdote. I don't know off the top of my head. Hey, listen, two facts, dude sucked and dementia's sad. Yeah. Um, so there's a part of me that's like, I think, like remembering this is from my childhood and another part that's like buy it get it preserve it (laughs) but then the third part of me has to be like well i would i would literally not do anything with that thing from my childhood other than have it so it can't be a smart purchase so therefore i won't do it but there is like this weird urge in me to like preserve my upbringing and through video games and physical media and things like that, that I have to actively rationalize myself out of. Cause it's like, look, we just don't have the space. And even if we had the space, it would just sit there. What, what's the purpose of collecting things from your childhood? Yeah. I think the purpose of it, much like we discussed is that it feels good to be a steward of your past. And in fact, when you're around your past, like physical manifestations of it, you go there, right? Like if you have, I don't know, the game box, the Sonic Adventure 2 battle or whatever. Yeah. No, like I if ha- you hold it for a it. moment, for an instant, you are there buying it or receiving it and playing Sonic Adventure 2 battle. And that is powerful. But of course, the, uh, I guess, real lesson is that that is a, It is a transient feeling that doesn't really nurture us. And it's something we're very strongly drawn to because we want to recapture and cherish the past in new ways. It's something that's fundamental to the human existence is wanting to return to the past, to the childhood bedroom and to the womb. But it's not, I don't think it's good for us because the, the real way to actually be happy is to not have attachment because uh, attachment is where suffering comes from. But I really <laughs> wish I'd saved all those old game boxes. I mean, I still have my my parents always threatened to throw them out. And I'm always like, no, I want them. But I don't know. I don't want them in my house. There's no space. And they don't want them in their house because similar reasons, even though I have tons of space. Yeah, I, I mean, to to me, the thing that I went through when I had a bunch of old game boxes and stuff was like, I didn't want to get rid of them because I didn't want to say goodbye to the past. Yeah. Because it felt like something that I still had in a way, even though in every meaningful way, I no longer have it. I can possess it in my original copy of Final Fantasy VII. Why in the fuck did I not keep that and resell it for $15,000? Oh, man, yeah. Or my three goddamn Charizards or whatever. Yeah. That I all... Every bit of it I got rid of. There's and, a... Uh, yeah. It's just... It, it, it feels 
I don't know. I feel like that I was waxing very poetic about, oh, you get to keep the past. But now I think it's actually a bad thing to do. So, I mean, yes, there's the uh, the line from The Great Gatsby in which uh, Nick, the the um, just kind of the narrator, not protagonist per se, but just the main character, says to uh, Mr. Gatsby, well, you can't live in the past. And, of course, Gatsby responds, well, of course you can, old sport. Um, so there's that. Yes. There, <laughs> but there, there's a weird phenomenon that I'm going through right now because uh, I'm time is cyclical. Tons and a quick of- aside, we all know that the protagonist of The Great Gatsby was that beautiful green light. I was going to say the uh, optometrist billboard, but I would also settle for the green light. <laughs> Isn't hmm. that the optometrist billboard? No. Was it just like, I don't know. It's the been green- forever. Oh, no. The green light is the light on the end of uh, Daisy Buchanan's dock. Oh, you're right. No, yeah. totally the optometrist billboard. Yeah. Classic protag. <laughs> As a great philosopher once said, time is a flat circle. <laughs> Uh, I don't know why I'm laughing. That one racist from True Detective. <laughs> that one racist. That from one True racist uh, child abductor, or worse. Look, everyone's like, "Time is a flat circle." Is a Matthew McConaughey thing? I'm like, no, no, no. It's, <laughs> it's Rusty. That, that's. I mean, well, a character says it before Rust Cole does. Oh, and he is a man covered in swastika tattoos who has abducted and assaulted children. When we trace our quotes back to our primary sources, sometimes we are surprised by Indeed. where they come from. Yes. Indeed. Um, time is cyclical. Yes. And be, I'm living in a, a moment where I have saved every game I have ever played. I still have them. And in this instance, I'm going to talk about a very niche game on the GameCube called Baden Kaidos. Of course. Yes, um, a very interesting RPG using card battling, deck building and card battling mechanics. Um, very out there. I played that and Bait and Kaido's Origins to death and saved them because I'm like, I'm going to replay these one day when I'm older and I have them. They are here with me. And yet in the most recent Nintendo Direct, they announced for the Switch is coming out remasters of these games. Mm. And now I'm excited to buy these games again in, in an updated format and play them again, uh, which is hilarious in hindsight because I've had these games for over 10 years and I've never replayed them. How is buying them now in a new format going to cause me to play them? Uh, consumerism, I guess. I don't know. I I think about that a lot in that I also get excited for remasters and re-releases for things that I've always had the option to play. And I'm like, it's not that different. Yeah. So why is it special now? It's almost like, in a way, you know, like the joke, like, uh, you know, I feel seen. Or like when 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 somebody posts something very specific to, to to like Tumblr or something, and it's like a mood, and people are like, "Oh, I hate that I'm in this," or something like that. Or he just like me for real. Yeah, exactly. I, in moments in which remasters of video games that I played as a child are announced, it's like I have been validated by whatever mechanical ghost 
soulless beast drives capitalism. <laughs> there is I, something valuable in the present day about the upbringing I had. I think you uh, you kind of nailed it by saying ghost because I think the reason we get excited is for these niche things that have like fallen from our memory to be in the zeitgeist again. Cause that time ghost is screaming your name again. And the last time he screamed your name, they, sorry, the last time they screamed your name like this was when that game came out and it wasn't special to replay it. Cause time wasn't screaming your name at the time, but now it is. Yeah. It's almost like, the 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 literal time ghost has chosen your experience to preserve into the future in the form of a very easily purchasable capitalist nightmare i mean really the um i think the the heart of capitalism or at least the late stage capitalism that we're in right now when it comes to media is you just have to make the right people feel seen Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, whoever is in the executive board is like, okay, what What are the odds that someone today is going to even remember Bait and Kaidos and want to play it again? And, like, do they just send out a survey to, like, 100 people and play Family Feud? Like, <laughs> do, they, do they just throw, like, a dart at a board? I gotta be, like, one... Did you play Bait and Kaidos as a kid? No, I'm aware of it. Yeah. I have to be one of, I'm gonna say, maybe several dozen people who actually bought and played both games. There's no way this is going to turn a profit. Yeah, I've never met someone who's played either of those games, to be honest with you. It... It's it so and even in that regard, it feels like, oh, this is a chosen moment. I have to reward this. I have to reward this thinking with purchasing the remaster, buying a game I already own, two games I've already owned, two games I pull, paid full price for when they came out back 10, 15 years ago. I, I have to reward this because maybe this and this is truly the liking, you know, famous models, photos on Instagram. If I give them money, maybe they'll give me another <laughs> sequel. Yes, if, if I comment beautiful under this <laughs> release video. Yeah, if I like <laughs> Beyonce's photo, maybe she'll be happy that I did. If if I find this uh, Nintendo Direct uh, announcement of Bait and Kaidos on YouTube and comment beautiful nipples, princess, maybe they'll give me a chance. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm just saying, I don't understand why. <laughs> that's, so, that's, that's, I'm sorry, that's a level of grossness I wasn't ready to uh, uh, approach, yeah? I just don't understand why we don't get, you know, I don't feel seen in this. Sure, Bait and Kaidos is coming out, but what about the remaster of Auto Modelista? I mean, that's a good point, because I don't know what the hell that is. It's a cell shaded racing game on the GameCube or PNO3? No. What the rhythm the rhythm based shooting game? I think from the guy who made Resident Evil 4. Oh, Resident Evil 4 got remastered very recently. Is that what you're talking about? No, it's been remastered. What about Odama? Wait, is that the is Odama the the, the pinball shogunate game? It oh is, my gosh. It is. The, I know of that one. Oh no, Odama was great. Or Geist? No, Geist wasn't that good, actually. What about Eternal Darkness? I mean... Oh, uh, Eternal Darkness. 
a thousand percent deserves its its time in the sun. What a genius video game. Yeah, I mean, where's that? Where's that game? Where's Battalion Wars? And for some reason, Capcom is like, we're going to re-release, and they're not even remaster, literally just port over all of the Mega Man Battle Network games onto Switch. <laughs> okay, you, so you get one and a half good games. I know, no, it's a shame. It's a shame well, I'm going to buy them. <laughs> it's, it's actually kind of split. I say one and a half good games, and the first thing that you think is that, oh, the first game is good, and the second no, game is half good. No, no, it is over the entire, what, five or six games? Yeah. There's, there's maybe like point two of a good game in each of them. Yeah, the best one is Mega Man Battle Network 2, and we all know it because the first one was terrible. First one was not good. And the third one, like, they just kept adding more and more features from there. I'm surprised we've never talked about this series before. I was uh, very into the Mega... You know what? All the all the GBA RPGs played pretty much all of them. Yeah. Where's the remaster of Billy Hatcher and the Giant Egg? That's what I've been saying for years, Sega. Stop putting him in your goddamn racing games and just make another game. <laughs> just, make, just make a goddamn another Billy Hatcher and the Giant Egg. It was a good game. It was good. Fuck off with the Sonic shit. <laughs> Who cares about Sonic? I care about that egg. Uh, it's crazy that a, a an open world Sonic game has existed for months, and I, I have had no inclination to actually play it. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I. What's it called? Sonic Frontiers. Something that like that. So, Sonic Sonic Zero Dawn. I think. <laughs> there we go. Uh, the Sonic of Us Two. Hold on. Where is the remake of Ultimate Muscle Legends versus New Generation? Wait, the anime Ultimate Muscle? There there was a GBA fighting game first that was made by a long-time wrestling game developers, and it ruled. Wait, what came first, that GBA game or the Saturday morning cartoon? Well, at first, Ultimate Muscle was a series of gachapon <laughs> toys in Japan. Oh, that's hilarious. That eventually turned into a manga that, a tur- that turned into an anime that turned into a game. But I believe the order of operations for the U.S. was the game came out, and then it had some success, and then they made the sh- and then they dubbed the show. Interesting. Okay. Beautiful Joe. Yeah, uh, be- Beautiful Joe. I think that honestly is a Platinum game, isn't it? I think so, yeah. Yeah, Platinum. Why or, are you... Or they were Capcom then. Yeah, Capcom. They were a team at Capcom. But Beautiful Joe, an amazing premise and game that honestly deserves a remaster. I could uh, just talk about GameCube games I want them to remaster basically all day. Honestly, but if the, you are a big beautiful Joe fan, play the Wonderful 100. It's great. It, it's fine. I'm not really into the. I don't know. It feels like an RTS to me, and I just can't get into that. What? No, you make a big fist out of your men. I know all your guys are a big fist. I know. You make a big it. fist out of your guys. I get it. I okay. Get it. Yeah. I don't uh, think I can keep talking about GameCube games I no. want to see remastered because it's not good content. Chibi Robo. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. 
It is. It was very good. GameCube was really just the perfect Wild West for video games because it seems like they greenlit everything. And now it's like the Switch is like, we're really, really like protective of our proprietary software. Yeah, it really seemed like everything came out on the GameCube and the Switch is like, oh, so it's just like old games and, and ports of other games. <laughs> cool, I guess. Yeah. But there's that new Zelda coming out in May, right? Right. I keep forgetting it does come out this year. It feels like it's going to get delayed again. I don't know. I'm going to have to live in a world where this Zelda sequel is out finally. Yeah, but uh, what uh, new Nintendo console is going to come out two months after it comes out? <laughs> Switch 2. Switch 2. Now you can uh, play the uh, sequel to Breath of the Wild on the Switch, but you'll feel bad because the better version, that's actually not necessarily true because apparently the Wii U version of Breath of the Wild is fine and the GameCube version of Twilight Princess is much better than the Wii version. My brain just exploded. (laughs) Apparently this is true. Apparently the Wii U version of uh, Breath of the Wild, very easy to emulate. That exists? Are you sure? Yeah, no, the absolutely 100%. The uh, generation straddling Zelda game has been the norm for the last like two generations. You're. What the fuck? Yeah, there's a Wii U Breath of the Wild, and if I'm not mistaken, there is a GameCube Twilight Princess. Well, no, I knew about the GameCube Twilight Princess because I played Twilight Princess on the GameCube because no one could find a Wii for five years. Uh-huh. I am... This exists? Here's some real <laughs> shit. Apparently there is... Uh, apparently you can turn off all the Wii U stuff that would show up on the Wii U... And then just like perfectly emulate Breath of the Wild on your computer in 4K wow. uh, with with controller controls. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, they're going to release Tears of the Kingdom. And then I wouldn't be surprised if they announced a new console with Tears of the Kingdom as a launch title to, yeah, show I up. I just don't see that game. happening in like two months. But hey, yeah, knows? they would hype it up more. Yeah, I, I think they're fine to ride out the Switch right wow we've covered a lot yeah so from the swiss bank <laughs> we credit know suisse. S- credit suisse nature's fortress nature's fortress. <laughs> from that to there's the, the the fact that there is a wii u version of breath of the wild something that i feel like should not exist <laughs> Yeah, and uh, you know there were there were some steps along the way. Floam, Flarp, Gaxlime, Domino yeah. Rally, Sock and Boppers, and the Ghost of Time screaming your name. <laughs> wow, what a journey we've been on! And you know we're not quite at the destination yet, John, um, because I have one topic to talk about. Oh my God! Well researched, much? No, not researched at all. But here we go, John. All right. I have a business proposition for you. Mm, Did for a second say like, sound like you were going to say business. (laughs) I have a business population. (laughs) You know, uh, a business proposition? Hard no. A business population? I'm listening. I have a theory of how to make a lot of money really quick. 
not our Monster Rancher 2 Twitch stream. That is on the back burner. That's that's the golden goose. This is a get-rich-quick scheme. Ooh, I love to get rich, and I love it when it's quick. I have an idea. Okay. We need to brand ourselves. Zero uh, credits, colon, The Woke Podcast. Oh, you know, I've heard a lot of a lot of people are getting into this woke thing. I don't really know what it is, but we need to go woke so we don't go broke. It's oh, we've been going broke for so long. If we go woke, so many people will negatively interact with our brand. But the algorithms don't care about the negativity. They just see the interaction. So if we go woke, instant boost on all the socials, and then boom, we're rolling in that woke money, bro. Oh my god. This, you know, it's this is the first time I've heard of the idea that uh, algorithmic content sharing really only rewards things that get strong reactions. Yeah. Uh, so this is this is news to me. I'm perfectly okay with being Zero Credits, the woke podcast. And in fact, if we rebranded the podcast entirely in the things we're hosted on to just the woke cast <laughs> uh, and no shit continued the podcast exactly the same way kept calling it zero credits didn't change <laughs> anything i th- i genuinely think our listenership would increase 500 percent yes 500 fold but we have to double down because as soon as we rebrand to the woke cast and we embrace that listenership we're gonna have eyes on us john so we gotta we gotta get this down pat we gotta pretend not pretend, but we got to get the patter down. We got to get the internalize the things that wokeness stands for. So we just quickly review mm-hmm. what is woke? Uh, treating people with decent human kindness? Yeah, treating people with uh, decent human kindness. Apparently, uh, I've learned in uh, everything that's happened in the banking sector, being woke is being a bank. <laughs> Yeah, being a bank. Okay, so we're gonna have to take in money and deposits and give out loans. So that'll be probably like be any kind of corporation. Right, right. I mean, so we had good practice. Can't be like a. We can't be like a cool coffee company called like Black Explosive Coffee, not for liberals. Yeah, yeah, we can't do that. Uh, we, we've had good practice being woke in the past year. Uh, people follow us on Twitter at ZCPCWHJ. Uh, you, they would have noticed that for the month of June, we had a pride logo, just like mm. every other woke Very brand woke. corporation. Um, so we're, we're on board there. Uh, I think also to be woke, we have to just call our podcast we just have to say it's for women too yeah it's it's (laughs) i like that we have to (laughs) we're not just to be clear it's not that we're being intentionally uh pan inclusive yeah we are saying whatever pod whatever audience you imagine the podcast might have let us reassure you let us signal very strongly it's for women too right right we're just honestly we're not we're not drawing a line saying like it's just for women we're just reminding that 
to a wide swath of people that women exist. <laughs> and yeah, that- <laughs> and we we know that they exist. Yeah, we know they exist. We acknowledge that they exist, and we acknowledge that their needs are different from men's needs, and that will make us woke. Yeah, no, acknowledging women in general. Um, I'm going to say another woke thing is um, acknowledging uh, atrocities or Mm. hate crimes or systemic injustices in any way. To be clear, it does not extend to doing anything about them. Right. But even acknowledging that historical facts and modern facts transpired, that's woke. You know, I'm actually holding a woke meter right now. And the second you said systemic, it jumped up 50 points. Oh, off the charts with systemic. Systemic. The fact that you acknowledge that there might be systems in place that reward, you know, just uh, not unintentionally certain populations more than others, that just increased our wokeness. Oh, I think you could even – you could even pare it down to acknowledging that uh, systems <laughs> exist at all, or perhaps any kind of cause and effect to actions whatsoever uh, is considered wokeness. That life is not just a series of horrid little coincidences that happen for no reason whatsoever. Yeah. Um, absolutely. And, you know, just to get this in there, I mean, hey... This is for, uh, oh, how do I phrase this? Boom, wokeness up. (laughs) (laughs) We're being worried about how to phrase things. Yes, no, wokeness up, absolutely. Uh, Hold on, let me me give us another little wokeness boost. Uh, No, I really shouldn't say that. Boom, 50 wokeness points right there. Choosing to not say something. Self-censoring. Self-censoring. Honestly, the fact that we said censorship and we're not saying we're being censored, boom, woke up. (laughs) Woke up. Hey, guess what? Everyone else is asleep. I'm woke. Yeah. You know what? Not going to sleep. That's pretty woke of us. How? (laughs) A genuine question. Would it be hard to change the name of the podcast in in everything we host on to the woke cast for like a month and see what happens? Um. Oh my god! Everything is so finicky. Yeah. And the 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 fact that there's a, a goddamn industry built around podcasting to me is still just astonishing. Just because everything is held together on RSS feeds. And like duct tape. There's no. <laughs> Unless you're one of the larger podcast hosting services that just doesn't accept custom RSS feeds at all. Right. That's like Spotify. Fun. Spotify That's doesn't do that. Stupid yeah. as fuck. Yeah. You, you got to go through a third party if you want to subscribe to like a Patreon and get a, a custom RSS feed. Yeah. And you yeah. know, that really goes against Spotify's whole thing of making sure creators are paying well. <laughs> Uh, so I really don't know why they would do that. Okay, we. This is the last thing I'll say. You know, Ghost Kitchen. Oh yeah, I know. I I know of Ghost Kitchens. Think about what if we offer up a little bit of a woke kitchen. Oh shit! We create a page on a the most popular podcast service we're on. Call it the Woke Cast, and just start every week. Uploading an episode of this podcast starting from episode one, (laughs) unchanged, 
Oh, from 2006? From, from 16? From 2016. Oh, my gosh. Uh, completely uh, atemporal. <laughs> it would make no sense of bad quality. Yeah. But we just keep doing that and see what happens. <laughs> we won't ever monetize zero credits. But the woke cast on, other, on the oh, other Oh, yeah. Hand. The woke cast is an entirely different property. Super monetized. There are there are mid rolls every goddamn second. Oh my god! If if we get to a point where we had enough like quote unquote listenership or engagement, where it starts with an ad being like, go to chumbacasino.com, use promo code chumbacasino.woke or whatever, and then it just rolls into an episode of us talking about some bullshit from 2017. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. That's the real shit. Yeah, we're going woke because I, you know, between you and me, I'm tired of being broke. Tired of being broke. I want to be awoke. I want to be awoken to the sounds of cha-ching. Listen, <laughs> we're gonna make so much money being woke. Yeah, yeah. There's a funny saying out there. It's like, oh, you go woke, you go broke. But I think that's not quite true. Yeah, no, it's, I think it's, I think you go woke, you go the opposite of broke. Yeah, whatever that is, I don't you, know what that word is. You really got two is. options, like go woke and get rich, or go full racist and get rich, and anything <laughs> that isn't one of those two things, you broke. Uh, there's there's a third option of cancel, you know, like getting canceled, and then selling out Madison Square Garden. Yeah, but that's a lot closer to one of those ends of the horseshoe. True. Uh, it's it's pretty damn close because then once you're one of those people who's like I got canceled for being a dark intellectual. Guess what? Three months later, you're hanging out with the racist. So like, what what's really going on? Right. Well, everyone listening, just be aware we're going woke, but for the wrong reasons. <laughs> yes, we are cashing in on wokeness. We are gonna monetize the shit out of how inclusive we are. <laughs> We're going to buy $1.5 million bungalows in Arkansas off of this money. Yeah, bungle out. Bungalows. Woke bungalows. Woke bungalows. We're going to rename Arkansas to Arkenwoke. Arkenwoke. Wokenville. Welcome to Wokesville, Ark and Woke. Uh, I, I do got to say my favorite Star Wars character is uh, is Woke Arkansas or whatever, <laughs> Woke Bungalow, whatever the fuck I said. My name's Woke Guerrero Woke. <laughs> oh, no. Guerrero <laughs> Uh Yeah, you know, Forrest Wokeker. This Are we just saying, oh, yeah, no, that he was a character called, like, Slake Guerrero or something. I think it's Saw Guerrero. Oh, yeah, Saw. Saw Guerrero. Uh, Guerrero. Uh, look, we got Star Wars in the episode, too. Star Woke. <laughs> Damn it. I'm tired of these woke Star Wars. <laughs> Somehow Palpatine has a woke. Did you see that thing? This happened a week ago, but did you see that um, a a person who wrote a book about wait no i got the wrong article there was somebody who was asked to, def to, to define like wokeness but they were anti-woke and they couldn't even define what woke was so they couldn't define what they were against yeah no that is <laughs> it is a hundred percent true that people who 
no one's to be clear no one's for wokeness <laughs> but for people who are anti-woke i will sorry i will interrupt to say there is at least one person who is for wokeness he is a musician by the name of childish gambino and uh-huh. his hit song redbone i believe he says stay woke that is true uh, he is for wokeness. I can think of two more people who are for wokeness. And uh, one is this podcast going forward. And the other is uh, the beautiful girl reading this. Uh, but <laughs> I'm just saying, like, woke doesn't mean anything. The people who are against wokeness are against a specter, an illusion, an ephemeral thing that they can't really define unless they see it. It's just things that challenge their worldview that they want to kill. Right. That's all being anti-woke is. Yeah, anti-woke is just being anti-progressive and very reductive, but but not inaccurate terms. Yeah, it's being anti-woke is just being anti-people, my man. Man, I'm anti-people, but I kind of think they should exist. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, should not be a should not be an unusual position to take. But here we are At, at the woke cast. Welcome to the woke cast. I'm your co-host. <laughs> co-woxed. Co-woxed. I'm oh, what's a there's no good adjectives that start with H, and it's always been my downfall. Happy? Um Harmonious Henry. Harmonious Henry. And I am, of course, jubilant justice john and together we're harmonious henry and jubilous justice john and of course i cannot exist because no justice no peace no racist police and we're not coming at you more as we're coming with you to discuss we're coming with you to the protest to the protest of whatever is upsetting the zeitgeist the we're coming with you to the protest against uh literal crimes against humanity yes because we're woke baby we're weird that way yeah and we're serving the woke ghost from coast to coast there we go (laughs) the The zeitgeist is dead but the woke ghost is eternal absolutely woke ghost every day woke ghost with the most i'm your (laughs) co-host every day i wake up and thank non-denominational woke ghost yeah so tune in to future episodes of the woke cast coming to you soon week to week on the zero credits woke rss woke. feed woke to woke i'm not doing more work i refuse to but <laughs> i not think doing more woke i'm not doing more work <laughs> more roke al roker <laughs> what al woker there we go. We brought it home. But I think that's the end of our journey tonight, John. We went from Capital Suisse to Woke Ghost. That is the journey, the hero's journey. And the only thing is left to do is for you to throw it to me to do the social media reads. <laughs> that's right, Woke Henry. Do the social media reads. Oh, wow. What a directive. What You, you feel like a big, strong man when you give me a directive? uh it's mutual aid i don't know what that means but if you want to get in touch with us and give us your thoughts on anything we talked about on this episode or if you want to hear us talk about anything you want to suggest all you got to do is get in touch with us 
via our various social media channels, which I'm about to list in a very humorous but informative manner. We are on Elon Musk's Twitter.com for whatever reason. You can reach us at ZCPCWHJ on Twitter.com. And I think I my, my co-host John knows what that stands for. That's right. That stands for uh, Z's Cretans produce crappy, crappily written harmful jibes. That's right. We are the jibiest here on Zero Credits, and we accept jibes in the form of emails. One of these days we'll fix our domain. I keep meaning to circle back to that, but I can't, I don't, I'm really busy these days. So for the meantime, send us an email to Zero Credits is a podcast at gmail.com. We will read your emails on air, so please do not use profanity, or else we'll have to bleep you, and that's just embarrassing for the both of us. We are also on every single major podcast carrier you can think of, minus Stitcher and maybe Anchor. I don't know if those are real or just ghosts in the machine. But if you could do us a favor and leave us a rating or review on your app of choice, that would be great. I read recently that Spotify is allowing people to leave comments on individual episodes. That could be fun for you to check out. And if you could leave a comment per episode, we might just review that and get sad about the things you say or glad. I don't know. I don't control the future. But what I do control is the suggestion that you tell other people about our podcast. If you could tell a friend, a stranger, an enemy, a person you haven't talked to in quite some time, just tell them the Zero Credits podcast is the only podcast that will talk about the Credit Suisse incident and GAC in the same episode. That's right. We're not afraid to go there. Tell your friends about our show. And we'll do you a solid and keep making it. Word of the mouth is the only way we can survive. And if anyone out there was listening at home for the clue, I know you probably got it already, but this week's cipher is Fartgak. And from everyone here at the Zero Credits Fart Gag, why I was building it up you, this entire you, time so I wouldn't laugh saying Fart Gag. You, you got through most of it really cleanly. I'm, I'm I was very really trying you. to not laugh at Fart Gag, but from everyone here at the Zero Credits Fart Gag Studios, we'd like to wish you a happy week. And stay tuned. We know that episode 300 is right around the corner. And I have no idea what we're going to do because we have not discussed it yet. Yay! <laughs> Yay! It's in a month and a half. Yay! Yay! Goodbye! <laughs> it's so, so soon. Goodbye! <laughs>